Hey, welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your oldie host, John Lovering. On the track you're about to hear, I will add two more back-to-back episodes of The Adventures of Marco Polo, as adapted from the book entitled The Travels of Marco Polo, which describes his voyage to and experiences in Asia. Polo traveled extensively with his family from Europe to Asia from 1271 to 1295, remaining in China for about 17 of those years. By the way, the oldest surviving manuscript of the travels of Marco Polo was written in Franco-Venetian, a variety of Old French with heavy Venetian dialect that was spread in northern Italy in the 13th century. The actual or original manuscripts are now lost. A total of about 150 copies in various languages are known to exist, and as you would expect, during the copying and translating over centuries, many errors were made. So there are many differences between the various copies. This radio adaptation was based on the travels of Marco Polo, and it's originally an Australian radio production starring George Edwards, a man who could play more than one part because of his amazing vocal talents. The show was produced in the late 1930s, but aired mostly during the 1940s when it was also distributed through 16-inch transcription discs all over the world. On this track is episode 7, entitled Threatened with Beheading. Then a one-minute musical interlude, and episode 8, A Return to Venice, begins. Thank you for listening to The Adventures of Marco Polo on Heirloom Radio. Considering these programs were produced 80 to 90 years ago, the quality and production values were outstanding. They are truly a treasure in the world of old-time radio. And now, The Adventures of Marco Polo. Now present the adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo made his escape from the castle of the old man of the mountain by means of a secret and treacherous path and battled his way down the mountain until he arrived at the camp of the Khan of Persia. Eventually he was shown into the presence of the Khan, who had first treated him as an enemy. Eventually, however, Marco Polo persuaded the Khan that he wished to help him, and he offered to show the secret path to the Persian soldiers. That night, Niccolo Polo, Mafio, and Benno were still wandering about the grounds of the castle. They were intercepted by an officer, and eventually Prince Aloadin, the old man of the mountain, came on the scene. He ordered that the three Venetians be seized and put to death. Mighty Prince, what will you gain by killing us? We are three travelers. Your men attacked us, robbed us of our goods. We were merely going on a peaceful mission to promote trade between our country and Persia. I am not interested in that. I have stolen your goods, and in some way you have deceived me. Where is Marco Polo, the tall young man? 
Why is he hiding from me? I fear most high that he has escaped. How could he escape? I bade you watch over these men. If Marco Polo has escaped, then you shall die. But most high, I could not watch over these men and at the same time take part in repelling the invaders. Ah, I'm surrounded by fools. I do not like these Venetians. I offered to take them into my household. I gave them some of the precious drug, hashish. Gave them a taste of paradise. And yet they turned from me. Let them die now. I beg that you give us a few moments before we die. Let us make peace with our Christian God. Make your peace with your God. Then your head shall be struck from your shoulders. Oh, my master, it seems that now we are to die. All hope has gone, Benno. To your knees and pray that your soul may be saved. I ask pardon for bringing you on this hazardous journey, for leading you to your death. At least I may pray that my master, Marco Polo, has reached safety. Niccolo, my brother, ask no forgiveness from me, for none is needed. We have braved many hazardous journeys together. We have done much for Venice. We have been honest, God-fearing men, and I die with a clear conscience. Let me clasp your hand, brother. I clasp your hand, Matthew. I am prepared to die. And may the Holy Father in heaven receive our souls. Amen. Amen. Enough of this. Let their heads be struck from their shoulders. What has happened? Look! The grounds are full of Persian soldiers. They're coming over that wall. Father, uncle, where may I find you? May the Lord be praised. Marco Polo, my son, you have returned in time to save us. My prayers are answered. I knew Marco Polo would return. Let my men rally. We shall fight to the death. The Persian soldiers poured over the wall at the rear of the castle. Their plans were well laid. Marco Polo had led hundreds of them up the tortuous path. Then they had erected barricades so that they could easily leap the walls. The soldiers of the old man of the mountain were caught unawares. They tried to rally, but in vain. Wave after wave of Persian soldiers swept down upon them. A pitched battle took place around the castle. The four Venetians watched the battle, and at last the Persians prevailed. Then commenced the slaughter. The robber army was mercilessly put to the sword, but Prince Aloadin fought like a man possessed until he was surrounded by Persian soldiers. Then he was disarmed and dragged into the castle. The noise and tumult of battle died down. The old man of the mountain had been defeated. The nightmare robber of the roads had at last been brought to defeat. Later that night, the Khan of Persia was carried into the castle in a silken litter, borne by six huge men. His throne was carried into the great audience chamber. Then he sent for the four Venetians. Marco Polo, with his father, his uncle, and his servant, strode down the beautiful tiled audience chamber. This time the Persian soldiers stood on guard on either side. Marco Polo and his companions bowed low before the Khan. You may rise, my friends, and you, Marco Polo, I thank from the bottom of my heart. You will not find that the Khan of Persia is ungrateful. Ask what you will, within reason, and it shall be yours. O most high and noble Khan of Persia, 
It was through your good offices that I was able to save the lives of my father, my uncle, and my servant. They stand before you now, and they offer you their thanks. Indeed, we offer you our thanks, most noble Khan. We were bound for your country, and you were attacked by the soldiers of the old man of the mountain. We bring you good wishes and greetings from the people of Venice. We had goods to offer you for trade. We wish to establish regular trade between Persia and Venice. Unfortunately, most high, those goods were stolen from us by the old man of the mountain. The goods will be found and restored to you. We will trade with the people of Venice. And from now on, the roads will be safe. I give you my promise of that. But first, you shall see me dispense justice. Let Aloadid, he who is called the old man of the mountain, be brought before me. <laughs> Come, my friends, stand by my side. A robber, a murderer, a villain is about to meet his just deserts. He has never shown mercy, nor will he receive mercy. See, they drag him before me now. <coughs> to your knees, dog. A lowered in the old man of the mountain goes to his knees before no man. For many years have you resisted the forces of the law. For many years have you robbed, plundered, and made your name a terror to law-abiding people. For many years I repelled the forces of the Khan of Persia. For many years I defied you. And but for ill fortune, I would have defied you again. Nevermore will you defy me nor any man. My thanks are due to this young man, Marco Polo, who showed me the means of defeating you. I place a thousand curses upon Marco Polo. Would that I had slain him when I first set eyes on him. He will be rewarded for what he has done. But you shall die. I know I am to die soon. I am to go to paradise. Mayhap it will be the same paradise which I have often visited in my dreams when I have taken hashish. Ah, nevermore will I taste the drug. Mine has been a long life and an eventful life, O Khan. Now I am ready to die. You will find no place in paradise. You will suffer tortures and torments. Take him from here. Let his head be struck from his body. I go, and I go happily. I know that soon I will be in paradise, surrounded by beautiful women, tasting the wine of Allah. I go now, and I make my peace with Allah. The old man of the mountain is not afraid of death. The world is well rid of such a scoundrel. One must admire the man's courage, you most high. Speak no more of him, it does not please me. And now, my friends... What do you ask for a reward? Our reward is to be allowed to trade with Persia. The return of our goods which we may exchange for rugs and valuables from your land. We have many wonders from our own land, which we can place before you, most noble Khan. The old man of the mountain kept a veritable treasure house here. I have already looked on many wonders. Mayhap your goods are amongst them. I make you welcome to Persia. You shall travel to my capital with me. You will meet my wise men and counsellors. I trust that you will make many visits to my land, bringing your goods in exchange for mine. I have heard of Venice. We also carry messages from the Pope at Rome. He gives you greetings and extends his hand in friendship. Come with me to my capital. I shall give you messages for the Pope and I will send presents to him. We wish to live at peace with our fellow men, to trade with them. But I would that you would travel to China, there to meet my illustrious brother, Kublai Khan. Kublai Khan? He who is known as the Great Khan? Yes, he is known as the Great Khan, the head of all the Tartar tribes. No man has ever penetrated his land. No white man has ever seen the wonders of his city, the palace of gold and silver and marble, the treasures and precious stones, the wonders of which his wise men are the masters. We can never go to China, Most High. They kill white men. They hate them. If I send you to China, you will be safe. 
but we must have special goods to trade with China. Many times have I had a dream that someday I would go to China and view all the wonders of that mighty land to bow before the great Kublai Khan. But I must take him gifts. I must take him messages from the Pope. Hear me. There is a beauteous maiden in my city whom I wish to offer to my brother Kublai Khan as one of his wives. There are many lawless men in my land, and I must keep my soldiers near me to subdue these lawless rebels, just as I have subdued the old man of the mountains. But I beg and pray that you will accompany this beauteous maiden who is to be offered as a bride to my illustrious brother. You are asking us to accompany her to China? We cannot go to China. They will kill us there. It is known that they have passed the law that no white man is welcome there. Peace, my brother. We shall hear what the Khan of Persia has to say. My brother will make you welcome if you carry messages from me. I will give you a ruby ring, which you will but have to show in order to obtain an entry to Peking, my brother's city. Tell me of this beautiful woman is to be married to your brother. Her name is Zalana. She is as beautiful as an angel from paradise. Her hair is almost as black as the wing of the raven. Her skin is milky white, and her eyes are brown, limpid pools of glory. She is a worthy bride for my brother, the great Kubla Khan. Already he has 26 wives, but I swear that Zilana, the 27th, shall be his favorite. And he will thank me a thousand times for having bestowed her upon him. I never thought that we would have a chance to visit China. You have always wanted this chance, Father. Yes, Marco, I have always wanted this chance. And it seems by your bravery and resource you have obtained it for me. It seems like a dream. No white man has ever gone to China. We do not know how we will be greeted there. I have told you that Kublai Khan is my brother and that you will go to China under safe escort from me. Come, my friends. What do you say? We would like to undertake your task, O mighty Khan. But I beg you, allow us to return to our own home first, that we may gather fitting presents for the great Kublai Khan. Can I trust you to return? If I give you my word, I will return. I swear that I will return, most mighty Khan. I go where my brother and his son lead me. We shall return. No white man has ever penetrated China. If you are brave and courageous, you will see wonders which white men have never but held, of which they have never even dreamed. I speak for my father and my uncle, O mighty Khan. We shall accept your offer. We shall do what no white man has ever done before. We shall visit China and make obeisance to the great Kublai Khan.
We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo made an arduous journey to the foot of the mountain. He persuaded the Khan of Persia to let him lead his men to attack the castle of the old men of the mountain. This attack was successful and Marco Polo was instrumental in saving the lives of his father, his uncle and his servant Benno. Eventually, Prince Alaeddin, the old man of the mountain, was captured and sentenced to death by the Khan of Persia. Then the Khan suggested that Marco Polo and his companions should take a journey to China. The three Venetians were astounded at this suggestion, as no white man had ever before been to China. The Khan of Persia desired them to escort a beautiful woman who was to be sent to China as one of the wives of his brother, Kublai Khan, who was known as the Great Khan. Eventually, the Venetians agreed to undertake this task, but they made a condition that they should first return to Venice in order to secure goods and gifts which they could take to Kublai Khan of China. They returned to the coast and took a ship to Venice, promising that in the very near future they would return to Persia in order to escort Kublai Khan's bride to China. On arriving in Venice, the Polos were accorded a great welcome. On the day after their arrival, Niccolo Polo discussed his future plans with his brother Matthew. You see, Matthew, here I have the map. We journey first to Persia, where we make obeisance to the Khan, and then we journey to China. Oh, this is my life's ambition. Venice will be the first country in the world to open trade with China. We have done well, Niccolo. Already the other traders are following us to Persia. We've won the friendship of the Khan of Persia, and Venice should benefit therefrom. But China is the greatest country in the world. There we will behold many marvels. And if Venice can establish trade relations with China, she will become one of the richest nations in the world. Truly will our names live to be revered. When do we start on our journey? Well, I will take a journey to Rome in two days' time. Then I will tell the Pope what we have accomplished. I will ask him for messages and gifts for the great Khan of China. Mayhap we will be able to start on our new journey in two weeks' time. I wish we did not have to escort this princess to China. We may meet with many adventures, and women are a nuisance. Always they must be guarded and protected. They talk all the time. I'm a happy man that I never married. <laughs> Mary, oh, my brother. Someday you might marry. But we must escort this princess to China. That is the only way we will be able to enter the country. Oh, by the way, have you seen Marco this morning? No. I suppose he is still lying abed. It will not take him long to slip into his old lazy ways. Marco has had a taste of adventure, of romance, of seeing wonders. After all, he did save our lives by his courage and resource. He is a man now. I hope you are right. I will call him and tell him of our plan. Oh, Marco! Marco! Mayhap he is still asleep. Well, then Benno shall awaken him. Oh, Benno! You called, my master? I wish to have speech with you. I am coming, my master. You mark my words, Niccolo. You will find that Marco is not changed. Oh, Benno, where is Master Marco? Oh, dressing himself, spending long hours before a mirror. He prepared to visit the Lady Juliana Vecchi. Oh, 
I thought he had forgotten about her. Marco will not go to China now that he is back in civilization. You mark my words, he will stay here. Do you not agree with me, Benno? Well, Master Mafio, I would not mind remaining in civilization myself. Here we are quiet, well-ordered people. We do not have vile drugs and threaten each other's lives. Although, mind you, the time I thought I was in paradise was very pleasant. That was my one happy memory of our last journey. Mayhap you have another memory when you tried to knife Master Marco. Oh, that is not such a pleasant memory. Still, where you lead my master, there I will follow. But I doubt whether Master Marco will accompany us. He will accompany us. Go now. Tell him that I wish to speak with him. As you command. We must do our best to persuade Marco to come with us. After all, it will fall to his task to guard this Persian princess. I cannot guard her, and you will be busy leading the expedition. Oh, have no fear, Mafio. Marco will accompany us. I wish I could feel as confident as you do. All right, Ben, all right. I will go and speak with my father now. Do you like this new suit which I am wearing? Oh, do I not cut a fine figure? Will not the lady of my heart rejoice to see me now? Out of my way. Oh. Let me speak with my father. Let me speak with my father. I've been waiting for you, Marco. Well, uh, I cannot spare you very much time, uh, father. Uh, my gondola is waiting waiting to bear me on wings of love to Juliana Vecchi. Ah, rubbish. Oh, my Uncle Matthew. If you had ever been in love, you would know how I feel at the prospect of being reunited with a lady of my heart. Hear me, Marco. We plan to start our journey to China in two weeks. I trust you will have an enjoyable journey to China. Pay my respects to the Khan of Persia. Tell him I am sorry that I could not accompany you. What nonsense is this, Marco? You will accompany us. Now, Father, understand me. You forced me to go on the last journey. Mayhap I enjoyed it. Mayhap I did not. But I have returned to Venice, and now nothing will prevent me from wedding the lady of my heart. I will remain here and watch over your interests. So you are a coward, afraid to go to China, ready to leave two old men to their fate. Not so. You will be safer under the guardianship of the Khan of Persia. My life is here in Venice. I cannot tell you how happy I am to be back. Venice is the most beautiful city in the world. Why should we wish to leave it? You're a selfish young fool. Come, Marco. Over here. Look you from the casement. You see Venice. The tall and noble buildings. The waterways. The gondolas. The busy, happy people. Venice. The city of the world's commerce. All that I see. Why is Venice a prosperous, rich, beautiful center? Because the Venetians are brave, adventurous people. They journey to strange lands to open trade routes. No white man has yet penetrated China. We will go there. We will make Venice even greater. We will win the friendship of the great Kublai Khan. You are a son of Venice, and your duty calls you. The call of love is stronger than the call of duty. Mayhap, when you return, then I will pay a visit to China. But now, I stay here and marry. I am ashamed of you, Marco. Oh, Father, hear me. I have a right to make a bid for happiness. All the time that we were away, I thought and thought of Juliana and of the joy I would know when I returned to her. Now, you would rob me of that joy. Juliana Becky is not worthy of your love. You shall not say that. I go now to take her in my arms, to name the day of our marriage which will take place before you leave for China. 
I will return. Anon. There you are, Niccolo. What did I tell you? You're the father of a worthless son. Mayhap I am in agreement with you at last, Napio. I will not make another attempt to force Marco to go upon this journey. I thought the last journey would have wakened his manhood. I was wrong. So be it, my brother. We will carry the banner of Venice into the strange land of China. Nothing will make me swerve from our purpose. With a gay song on his lips, Marco Polo stepped into his gondola and his gondolier took him over the sparkling waters towards the home of Giuliana Vecchi. They passed other gondolas on the way and their occupants called a cheery greeting to Marco Polo. At last he reached the home of Giuliana Vecchi. He leapt from the gondola, ran up the steps and pounded on the door, which was opened by a servant. With a cheery word of greeting, Marco Polo pushed past the servant, ran into the hall and called the name of Giuliana. Juliana! Juliana! Why do you not answer me? Oh, Juliana, I have returned. It is Marco Polo calling to you. Marco Polo? Did you not hear that I had returned? No, I did not hear. Come downstairs. Let me take you in my arms. I shall never leave you again. Marco, why did you fail me last time? It was not my fault, Juliana. Do not stand there staring at me as if I'd returned from the dead. Come, we have much to say to each other. Oh, let me explain. My father and his servants seized me when I came to elope with you. They carried me away forcibly. I could send no message to you. I heard that you had been forcibly carried away. Even you cannot blame me. I have had many strange adventures since I last saw you. I have seen great wonders, and I believe that for a while I was in paradise. But paradise was not as sweet as this, Juliana. Not as sweet as the moment I am about to know when I take you in my arms. Marco, what words are these? How could you have been to paradise? Oh, that is a long story. Let me forget everything now in our reunion, our embrace. Marco, please, hear me. Juliana, why do you draw away from me? Have you grown coy during my absence? Oh, come, my beloved. Marco, please, please, let me go. This is the moment I have longed for. Why do you struggle against, against me? Why do you struggle? Marco, you must hear me. You have not the right to take me in your arms. I have not the right. What words are these? I did not know when you would return. I heard no message from you, and I had to think of my own future. What are you trying to say? Have you stopped loving me? I do not love you. But, Juliana, I love you. And before I left, you swore that you loved me. What has happened? What has made you change? I have told you I did not know when you would return, or if you would ever return. And for a long time, my parents have wished me to wed Antonio Muretti. Antonio Muretti? That undersized little cur? That cringing whippersnapper? You shall not say that about him. He is soon to be my husband. Oh, Juliana, do you jest? I do not jest. I'm betrothed to Antonio Muretti. Tomorrow we are to be wed. Tomorrow? Yes. Tomorrow, Marco. I am sorry for you. But Antonio is wealthy. He loves me. And I think I love him. You only think you love him. Oh, will you go now? Oh, I have been a fool. 
My father and my uncle both told me that you were not worthy of my love. Now I know they spoke the truth. Do you hate me, Marco? I do not hate you. I could never hate you. But I hate myself. Farewell, Juliana. I will be leaving Venice soon. I am going on a journey to China. China. 